Thank you, Brother Fox and Bishop Wilson. Praise God. We're so, every time I come into the house of God, every time, I count it a great privilege. It's not a duty. It's not something we just, you know, feel like that's what we need to do. It's just a privilege. I don't know how many services I've been in, rallies, conferences, but everyone is special. So I believe tonight is even that way. Amen? So glad to be with you and uh, sharing with you, Bishop and Sister Wilson. As Bishop said, we've known each other a long time. And uh, we won't say how long, maybe. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, I used to, years back, look around and we look to the elders uh, the ones that blazed the trail like J. Frank Wilson we talked about him with Bishop earlier, great man of God others like him, Brother Don Johnson and many many others they're gone, on and we look to them and now we are the elders <laughs> I don't know if anybody's looking to it, I think maybe, maybe they are amen and, uh, I'm 74 knocking on 75 real quick but I'm, like Brother Fox, so thankful that God lets us do something, even in our older age. You're never too young. Come on, amen. A lot of young people here tonight. I'd like to encourage you a little bit if I can. Not too young to do something for God. And you're not too old. God has a place for you. He's got a ministry for you. And uh, we're part of that great operation of the Spirit of God in this end time. And I'm thankful that God has, is doing what he's doing everywhere. Not just here and there, but everywhere around the world. Just because you don't see great things doesn't mean our great God is not doing great things. He is doing great things. Amen. Marvelous, wondrous things. And uh, that we, small people, get to do something he's God without me I, he doesn't need me but I sure do need him and I, I look to him every day and ask him to help me to do what he wants me to do this day I work for him and I thank God for that and uh, I had I woke up this morning real early and this scripture was on my mind and I would like to read it to you tonight and uh, to help perhaps tie together our focus about why we're here. Not why my wife and I are here, but why we're here as a church. Why are we here? What purpose? What is it just so that we can enjoy a good service, so that we can feel the presence of the Lord? Thank God for that. Is it so that we can feel good? go home and wait until the next time we're able to get together. Is that, is that all it is? Is that, that what it's all about? I think you know that it's more than that because God has left us here for a purpose. And I'd like to read these scriptures and encourage you a little bit tonight. It's found in Colossians chapter two, 4, verse number 2. The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Colossians and he writes these words, continue in prayer. I think that's good advice. Can you say amen? amen? Not just pray, but continue. Continue to pray. And watch in the same with thanksgiving. 
withal praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Verse number four says that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. The word and the words of saying from verse number five just really affected my mind, touched my mind this morning, my heart, when Paul said, redeeming the time. It's found in another place in the scripture. It says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. But here it's used in a different context. He said, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. See, here tonight we're within, I hope. Everybody here is within, meaning within the faith, within the grace of God, in the church. That we are within, but there are multitudes, millions and billions, that are still without. If you could just let that sink in a moment. Every man, woman, and child has an eternity. They're going to spend it someplace. And we are left here not to save them, but to tell them about one who can. We are witnesses. Witnesses. For them that are without, redeeming the time, the in the literal sense of the word, it means to buy back, redeem. Like we've been bought by the blood of Jesus, we've been redeemed. But in this context, it means taking advantage of the opportunity that is ours in the time that we have left. We don't have much time. Are you aware that we are quickly, very quickly approaching the end of our age that we are in. I believe without a question that we are in the generation of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have never seen such times as we are experiencing in this hour. It's amazing. It's, it's almost frightening. If you, weren't, if you weren't in the Lord, it would be. Oh, I'm so glad he's in control. <laughs> Not worried. I'm alarmed sometimes about the things that are going on, but I know God sees it all. And we're still here. If it was just about going to heaven, we'd already be there. So he left us to do something. And it's all about those that are without. Those that are without. Redeem the time. Take opportunity to do what he's left us here to do. How many have we talked to this week about Jesus? How many have we taught a Bible study? How many have we invited to the house of God? That's our business. That's what we're all about. Because people are dying every day. Tens and tens of thousands of people. How many knew? How many know? They're still without. They need to be within. Jesus died so they could be within. So they could be a part of what we have here tonight. He shed his blood. He paid the price so that we can enjoy what we enjoy as we come together. And so that's what we're about. That's what we are about, that God has called us into this work. Not just what 
my wife and I are doing. I trust that you are doing the same thing. Everybody is not sent to a foreign country, but everybody is sent. Yes. You may not go far, but you have to go. Because Jesus said, go. Where? All the world. Do what? Preach the gospel. Be a witness. Make disciples. Baptizing them. Hallelujah. Thank God for the truth tonight. It works, folks. It works. You may never come to Africa, but God has put you here. And I think about this great church. I knew the senior bishop, Brother J. Frank, wonderful man of God. If you never got to meet him, you really missed something. I saw the log out there in the prayer room that he prayed over for this church and for the souls of many over the years. And Bishop Steve Wilson's following right along in his footsteps. And all of those that have, I don't know how many ministers perhaps have come out of this church, maybe even missionaries, I don't know. But it's all because of those who never lost the vision or the burden, and they spent hours on their knees before God praying that God would do a work right here in Hots Camp and the areas around people from all over are, are the result of those prayers and that dedication. The fact that you're sitting here tonight in this beautiful edifice enjoying what you're enjoying is because of men like that who have paid the price when there was nobody, came when there was nothing. Look what God has done. Look what God has done. Oh, hallelujah. And we get to participate in that in this end time. And uh, we cannot let down now. In fact, we have to step it up. Can you say amen? We need to be more focused and more determined than ever before to reach our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the only thing that's going to save them from their sins. This is our call. This is our mission. And we may have to be about it. Jesus said, i got to be about my Father's business. This is what we're about, this business of the Father, reaching souls, reaching souls. You may have been more familiar with us. I don't know many of you. Some of you are doing very well, but uh, Brother Fox and others that we have associated with over the years. But 25 years ago, the Lord called us out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, to go to Norway. I didn't want to go. I didn't. <laughs> but you know when God says, you can argue all you want, but you won't win that one. When God says, you go. We went not knowing anybody, anything, left our family, our children, grandchildren, had six at that time, now we have 12, and 13 great-grandchildren. So our family's grown a little bit, and we still miss them. It's still difficult to leave every time we leave. But God has put a, a great vision burden in our hearts for the multitude. We didn't see multitudes in Norway. They were hard people, but we did see many get baptized and get the Holy Ghost. And uh, we thought that was going to be the end. And I kind of stepped back of that scene. But before that ended, the Lord began to open another door miraculously. We had a Bible training program we had started in Norway. 
and I felt like we would have many who would come. We didn't have many who would come, who came, but we did have six, and every one of them were from Uganda. <laughs> and you've got to think after a while, Bishop, that God might be doing something here, <laughs> up to something, because they came and we spent uh, about three months with them and teaching and ministering. None of them knew this Jesus' name, one God. And uh, they came from various organizations and denominations. We began to minister with them. And over that period of time, every one of them baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I thought, how, how wonderful. And it was, and it is. But when they went back to Uganda, they began to reach out to us and say, they called us mom and dad by that time. He said, Dad, Mom, you got to come to Uganda, please, and teach our people because they don't know this like you have taught it to us, and we see it to be the truth. And so after a period of time, we did go. We began in a little town called Mitiana, Uganda, in the eastern part of Uganda, and uh, working with Bishop David Rubahenda, and he has a church of about 400 people. And we began to minister there and teaching. It took some time, but I have to say today it was a wonderful experience. Baptized just about all of his leadership, including him and all his family. And many of those in his church have come into the truth. And they're still preaching and teaching this message today. <laughs> Hallelujah. And all the other pastors, the same. Every one of them come into the faith. And we went in, we've been in all their churches. And we have a marvelous experience. And they're working hard with this gospel. And uh, we realized in a short time that we needed to take this teaching that we had started in, in Norway, take that into Uganda. And so we began training sessions in, a, in our headquarters, and that's a story uh, in its own that perhaps my wife will fill you in a little bit with our headquarters building there, purchase property, and begin to have Bible studies, training sessions in our living room, eventually built a training center, but uh, we had 17 pastors and uh, five, I think, bishops in that first group. And out of that group, 100% baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Every one of them. Bishop John had about 300 churches in his, under his direction, and he said, I'm going to be preaching and teaching this message and every one of them. To all of our pastors... And so we've got thousands of people that are being represented by these pastors. And then we had other sessions coming. And I, I have to say, Brother Fox, 100% conversion rate. Every one of them. Loving this truth, accepting the Word of God as it's written in the Scripture, being baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and taking the message to their people. We realize if we're going to reach the nation of Uganda, 43 million people, we're going to have to touch a lot of other people who touch people. And so we began to work with the leadership around in those churches, and God has opened the doors, and we have hundreds of churches, over 700 churches that we're trying to get to that have invited us to come and preach this gospel and teach them what the Word of God says. Amen. And open up five different districts. And the last time we were there holding seminars in every one of them, hundreds, mostly pastors and bishops, coming into the truth out of those seminars. We, pastors that we had trained, and they were going out and holding these seminars and working with these churches. And so we have seen to date 
to this time, I know, and I, I try to be conservative because I don't want to just be stretching and not just throwing out numbers, but we have had over 500 pastors and bishops being baptized in Jesus' name in the last year and a half. And they're so excited about what God is doing. And, and they're, not, they're not just sitting. In fact, I get emails all the time and calls, and they're saying, uh, we got to keep going, Bishop. We just got to keep reaching out. We can't stop. We have to go. And they're working even now. They're going out and preparing to do the work of God. We've seen over 2,000 people, um, men, women, children, being baptized in Jesus' name in the last two years. And we're just getting started. God is doing a mighty work. God is doing a mighty work in Uganda. And so we're here tonight to share something, these types of things with you. God is doing awesome things there. Uh, we've seen miracles of every sort. Uh, why don't we see all those things here? We hear about them here and there. But we've seen miracles. The people are so hungry. They're so hungry for God. Sometimes we'll go into a village and we say, when, is, when do you have service? They said, whenever you get here. You show up, we'll show up. <laughs> it doesn't matter the day of the week. They just come to the house of God, and they pack it out front to back, no matter what it is. They're there. doesn't matter the weather. It doesn't get cold there, but it rains a lot. And when it rains, they still come. They might have to wait until it quits raining, but they come to the house of God, and they will walk for hours to get there. They will. I've seen it. I know it to be a fact. We had a baptism one time up in Shigegwe. We held a three-day conference, and we baptized about 30-some people. And then we were getting ready to leave, and the pastor said, uh, not yet. I said, what's the problem? He said, no problem. He said, we have some people on the way. They've been walking since early morning just to get here. They walked all day. It was just about 6 o'clock in the evening. They walked all day, and finally they came, four people, to get baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a, what a wonderful time to be a part of what God is doing right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we see it happening over and over and over again, what God is doing in this, this, this generation right there in Uganda, where we have seen what we would call uh, the continent of darkness, Africa. It's will soon be called the continent of light. The light of the gospel is being preached, not just in Uganda, Rwanda, Kenya, Tanzania, Burundi, in surrounding countries, on the borders, even into the Congo. We have churches, apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled pastors that are preaching the gospel. And oh, hallelujah, what a time. I wish I could go to all of them. I can't. That's why we have to touch enough people who can. We have a program ongoing right now where we're going to purchase 12 motorcycles and have a motorcycle ministry of putting a pastor on every one of them. And they're going to the various districts in these churches where these people have been coming into the truth. They'll be spending a day or two or three there and traveling to the districts. And uh, as soon as we get back in December, Lord willing, we'll be back. The Lord is going to help us. We're going to buy those motorcycles and put those pastors out in the field. And they're anxious to go. They're hungry to go. Amen. And I want to read you something, and, and then we're going to show this video. Uh, and uh, it's, I hope you hear some things, see some things that, uh, um, well, I hope you will pay attention. And that there's a song on there 
it's written and recorded by Sister Nikki Hopkins. You know her. And uh, this, this song is entitled, Will You Go? Uh, I pray that you will give it your attention because it's a question that we have to answer. And you may not go out of this country, even out of this state, but if you will go to somewhere, to someone, God will send you if you are willing to go. Amen. And I want to be ready, don't you? I want to do whatever God wants us to do. I have received the emails. Sometimes we wonder, well, we support missions. What does it really do? Where does it go? And uh, I want to tell you, I want to just read two. I won't take a lot of time tonight, but these two came in from, one of them's from my assistant, Brother Jackson, and from Paula, one of them from a Bishop uh, Jackson uh, Takeo out of, uh, out of uh, Kisawo. He writes, God bless you, my dear Papa, Mufawa Seminar, Transport, Accommodation. Feeding materials goes to four million. That's a little over $1,000. In Namutumba, these words are big. Transport, accommodation, feeding materials goes to 2.3, a little over $1,000. Pastor Kadundi Patrick from Muwafu Church has called 112 pastors and ministers. Pastor Odali James of Natimba has called 96 pastors and ministers for the total amount, a little over $2,000. I pray for God's provision in this to allow the word of God and truth to be preached, abundant blessings. That's just from one of our bishops and what they're doing and where it's going. So when you support missions, this is what we do with it. It comes in and it goes out. We're sending it out probably faster than it comes in, but we have to keep this ministry ongoing. And then we write then from my assistant pastor, assistant administrator there, says, Dear Bishop Spear, so thankful for the gift received. Thank you very much. We thank the Lord that these last days he has poured his blessing of the bigger harvest than has ever been before. There are teaching many have realized that they need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Thank you, Jesus. Many have been baptized. Others are calling for baptism and more teaching, and others have turned to the truth of the oneness from the Trinitarian doctrine where they had taken refuge. I think you still remember Pastor Paul Kamula and Pastor Martin Soroti. They were both once under the leadership of the UPC Uganda, but left some years ago. These men decided to join us in the ALJC. I have been communicating with them by phone calls, and I'm requesting for your support to help Paul to organize a seminar in Kamula. Paul would like to team up with Martin and me in this work. That's just two, and we get many just like that throughout. That's where your support goes. That's where your, your prayers are reaching in places. And we can't be there right at this time, but these men are willing to go, and they're hungry to go. They're anxious to go, but we have to help them to go. So anything that you do to help us in working with this type of mission, God bless you. Pray God would deal with your heart. And you may not lead this, this church, but you can help others who can go. And you can go by giving. Amen? And God bless you. We're so thankful that you allow us to be here tonight. And uh, we want you to see this film clip. It's just five minutes. And then uh, my wife will come and just going to uh, speak to you just a little bit more. If y'all have it ready back there, I trust that uh, that's, you've got it. Okay? Uganda is a country in East Central Africa with a population of around 43 million people. 
In 2017, after many years of ministry, our ALJC missionaries to Norway, Brother Sam and Sister Betty Spear, were appointed as non-resident missionaries to East Africa. They are based out of Uganda.
Hallelujah. Just a couple more slides. That's the way we do it in Uganda. Amen. You young people, I think, could uh, probably learn to dance like that. You come over to Uganda, we'll get somebody to teach you, and you get right with it. <laughs> I get tired just watching them, so I don't try. Amen. And you saw some pictures, uh, some of the slides that had a lot of children. And let me tell you just a little bit uh, about what we... I have an orphanage that we're trying to support. We send them $1,000 a month just to help them have food. And there's 110 children, and uh, there was a time they had almost nothing. God has really opened some doors and helped us with them. We were able to purchase the property where they uh, were renting. The property is now owned by them, the ALJC and others, churches, and stepped up and helped us to purchase that property. And we put in a well. You saw one clip there where I was standing holding a little girl, and then that's the well area, and you saw a plaque donated by the ALJC and Miracle House Ministries. So they have clean, clear water for the first time in their life. They, they used to get water from I would, what I would best call a, a cistern. It was terrible, green slime, but that's all the place they had to get water. But now they have clean water. They can drink it right out of the pump. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they are so excited about that, and we've been able to put in uh, solar panels so they can have lighting because there's no electricity there and uh, we put a wall now it's just about complete just a few things left to be done around the entire property almost two acres have a security wall and we're building a chapel dormitory and we have uh, plans to build a school so these children stay right there and have everything that they need when they come in into that place and not have to go outside and, but when we began to put together the, the new structures and tie it into the two existing buildings, we found out the existing buildings weren't, weren't built that well from old time, and we had problems. One of the walls collapsed, and so they had to quickly repair that, and there's other things that went along with that. But I'm going to leave this with you, Bishop. Uh, it's a list of uh, things relative to that repairs and needs for that orphanage, and we have uh, sleeping rooms that need roofing timbers, fixtures and fitting, security, wall finishing, miscellaneous things that it need to be, and I've got them itemized. So if you feel to be helping any part of that or uh, that you're welcome to do that, we'd certainly appreciate that all together. So uh, I'm going to leave that here on the pulpit. You can post it somewhere if you like, and uh, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. My wife and I do all that we can, but uh, our finances just don't go as far as we need them to go. And so we ask for your help, and we thank you for it. God bless you richly. I want my wife to come and just share some things with you in Jesus' name right now. Amen. Thank God for my wife. I thank God for all these wonderful women. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. This is so exciting to me. 
I am so thrilled to see the group of people, but these young people. We were in a church and they said, oh, we're losing a whole generation. We can't get young people these days. Woohoo! I hope they're watching. You know, many years ago, we were working in Germany. And the missionary that was there then said, oh, the Germans, you can't get them to worship. Have you ever watched any of Brother Krause's services online? Oh, yes. We make a lot of statements of what can't be. And God said, you don't know me. I see God doing marvelous things, and I am so excited. Young people, just keep the fire burning. Don't let one thing put out that fire. God is coming, and you are the fire that's going to bring a whole lot more, the light that's going to show them the way. God bless all of you. Like I said, I can't help it. I'm excited. This just thrills me, thrills me to see all of you. Africa is something that when I was a child of six years old, I knew that God had called me to, a, to be a missionary, and I always thought that it would be Africa. Ended up in Norway. First Germany, then Norway. When God promises something, wait on him. I was 65 before I finally got there, but we're there now, and that's my heart. God has a people who, they don't have the things that we have. It's not like here where they have option A, B, C. No, they have Jesus. He's their only option, and they know how to take advantage of it. They trust him. They believe him. Even those children that you saw. They know how to trust in the Lord, and they receive the miracles. The first time we went to Uganda, we stopped at Pastor David's house down below the hill. And up on top of the hill, there was a, a big compound. And I looked up there, and the Lord said, I'm going to give you that hill. I felt like Caleb. Okay, God, that mountain's mine. And I said, Bishop, who lives up there? And he said, oh, that belongs to Mama Fina. Okay, who's Mama Fina? Oh, she's the head witch doctor of Uganda. Greatly feared by all of Uganda. Greatly feared. That woman has done more evil than you can imagine. But the Lord didn't say it mattered who owned it. He just said, I'm going to give it to you. The, what really happened, Bishop David had started building his house, but he was also building that big church that you saw. And the Lord had said to him, if you will build my house, I will build yours. So he quit working on his house. In the meantime, Mama Fina bought the top of the hill and built her big compound. Well, then in her evil ways, she started telling everybody the reason he quit working is because he's afraid of me. So he said, oh, God, now I have to go back. So he went back and started building on this house again. Got it done just enough that they started having all-night prayer meetings. 
every Tuesday night, all night prayer meetings. Mama Fina had a pet snake and a pet leopard. Her snake died, and her leopard jumped the wall and left. Mama Fina realized she was up against some powers that was greater than hers. She left, and she's never been back. Two years later, we owned that property. That's why we named it the Miracle House. All the... All that the devil thought he had, God said, it's mine. It's mine. I've said, I want to meet Mama Fina. I really do. I want to meet her because I want to tell her thank you for building a house for the Lord. She didn't intend it that way, but I know she did. I'd love to see her saved. She's got a soul. She needs God. And what a testimony that would be. All of Uganda knows her. And they would know if Mama Fina got changed. Help us pray for Mama Fina that she would get the Holy Ghost. Changed life. That's what we need. Where you saw that big baptistry on the side of the house, that used to be her place of offering sacrifices to the devil. That's now where we put them down in Jesus' name. Her ex-husband, her husband at the time, she's had many, her husband at the time that she built that is Muslim, but he likes us, and he would come up to the house before we ever bought it, and he would get down on his knees in front of us, and he'd say, please pray for me, and he was so excited when we did the baptis baptistry because he said, wow, what the devil used to have, now it's for God. I want to see Ishmael saved too. There's no limits to what God can do. And the greatest way to know what God can do is to trust him. Put him first, listen to him, and let him do what he wants to do. Don't look for option B and C. Look to Jesus. Let him do, let him be what he wants to be in your life. In Uganda... On a Sunday morning, every church that I know of has their first service at 7 o'clock in the morning. That's the first one. Because people work. They don't close. Nothing closes on Sunday. And a lot of people have to go to work. But they do allow them to go to church first. And then they open their stores about 10.30. So first service is at 7 o'clock for all of those who are working. And they come. Second service is about 10.30, and then they really come. That's when you get your biggest crowd. And then they usually stay there all day with different meetings, the youth meet and the ladies meet and the men's meet and the choir meets and whatever, because remember, they're walking. They walk to church, so they stay there. About 5 o'clock, they will have another service. Usually they have to be done by about 7 because it gets dark. We're right on the equator, so it's light at 7, dark at 7. No variance. And many places do not have lights. If they don't have electricity, they have to stop their service when the lights go out, when the sun goes down. So about 5 o'clock, they'll start their next service. That's probably the only one that ends quickly. Everything else, they just go until they are finished. They don't 
worry about time when they're worshiping the Lord. God is working and doing mighty things. Those children that you saw, one of the pastors that came to Uganda, or came to Norway, she had been orphaned at a, as a teenager. Her parents died of AIDS. And she had seen a lot of children around town with nobody taking care of them. And the Lord has said to her, those are my children. So she began to gather them up. She started out with about 12, found a place where they could go, and she could have a place for them to be secure for a short time, and where she could take care of them the best that she could. It was only her, because the community told her, you're wasting your time, these children are going to die, why are you even fooling with them? But God said, they're my children, and she could not leave them alone. By the time we met them, there was about 27 of them. They were sleeping, about 27 of them, in a room that was probably about 10 by 10, straw mats on the floor, on the dirt, and that's the way they slept. In the last two years, we have been able to help so that the floors now have cement. We purchased beds, you saw the children in the beds. That was the first time in their lives any of them had ever slept in a bed. There's no electricity out there, so we put up some solar panels so that they could have light. Now, we have been able to purchase that property and put a wall around it. There's 110 children now. You saw them at the compound at the Miracle House. We had brought them there in 2019 for a retreat. While they were there, 36 of the younger ones got baptized, 18 of the older ones got baptized. Those children know God. When they pray, heaven pays attention. If you want to know that somebody has touched heaven for you, ask those children to pray. They know how to pray. They know about miracles. There was one time we were out there and there was a little boy who had... Um, AIDS, but he also had malaria. Malaria kills more people over there than AIDS does. He had malaria, and he was laying on the ground, just shaking, burning with fever. And we went over and laid hands on him. God instantly took that fever away. He got up and went out and began to play with the other kids. That's the kind of things they are accustomed to. When I need something, I know God's going to answer. They believe in miracles. They believe in asking God. A little seven-year-old boy fell out of a tree and was paralyzed. They said he'll never walk, but those children would not quit praying and working with him. Elijah started walking and talking. Then he got a brain aneurysm. They rushed him to the hospital. And in Uganda, if you go to the hospital, you better have some money because if you don't have any money, the doctors won't touch you. They just walk away. They will walk by like this. Not, they don't say anything. They just walk by with their hand out. If you don't have anything to put on it, they just keep on walking. We had sent them some money. They were in the hospital. The doctors said he's not going to make it. Let me just say today, Elijah's walking and talking. He's alive. He's alive. When you grow up experiencing these kind of things, your faith says, my God can do it. Every year, these children say, Pastor, can we have a Christmas party this year? And almost every year, she'll say, children, I don't know. 
we have to see. We don't have any funds. We'll have to see. And they'll say, oh, but pastor, we will because we're praying. We know we will. To them, a Christmas party is that I get to have all I can eat one time. No gifts. Maybe a special little juice cup. That's the Christmas party. Just have, let me have all I can eat one time. We brought them to the Miracle House. They had all they could eat. I think some of them almost got sick because they did get to eat all they could. That's what these children are accustomed to. When we first met them, there were days when all they would get would be a half a cup of what they call porridge. It's really just corn flour and water. No more than our cornstarch and water. That was their food for the day. We have pledged to them, we send them $1,000 a month, and they get to have two meals a day. That's our pledge to them, that they will not go hungry anymore. These children are growing up with a faith that many do not have. Many people in America do not have, because we have too many options things that we can turn to if God doesn't answer right now. These children have no options. It's God only. And they know how to ask him and receive. And they believe and they see God do the miracles all the time. Our children love Jesus. And if you could hear them sing, they love to sing. And they are so excited about what they have now with a chapel. They get to have church there. They get to be in the chapel whenever they want, praying, singing. In the Word of God, 43 times the Bible talks about taking care of the fatherless and the widows. If it wasn't important, he wouldn't have said it so many times. It is important. In James, it says, pure religion and undefiled is this. Take care of the fatherless and the widows. We can't ignore what God has placed in front of us. Now, you don't have that problem here, but in Uganda, it is a real problem. Our son, Ernie, he goes to Uganda with us. In Uganda, they're very superstitious because of all the witchcraft. And to them, if a child is born with a handicap, that means either him or yeah, they or the parents are cursed. So most of the time, a handicapped child, the mother will nurse that child until the child is big enough to take care of itself somewhat. And then they take them to the woods and leave them because they don't want to carry that stigma of being cursed. You don't see a lot of handicapped people. So when we take Ernie over there, we adopted Ernie. When he was nine years old, we got him as a foster child, adopted him when he was 13. Ernie's 50. But when we take Ernie over there and they realize we adopted him, we voluntarily got this boy it's a whole testimony all by himself. Because I tell them, God made him. He is God's child. Amen. 
God created him like he is. And God loves him like he is. Anything that you do, give God the glory. Let God receive the glory for all that is happening in our lives. There's so much. So much that we take for granted and have no idea about. There's one of the villages that we go to. They have no electricity out there, and there's a, a young boy that used to come to the church. Every time we'd go out there, he would come and get as close to us as we could. He looked like some kind of a wild person out of the woods, and that was because nobody took care of him. He, was, he couldn't, couldn't speak, and he was handicapped, so he was an outcast. Nobody took care of him. He just survived with whatever he could, but he could feel the love of God. And every time we would go there, he would come inside the church and get as close to us as we could. And they would go out and chase him away. I started standing up for that boy. And every time he would come, I'd go out there and get as close to him as I could. Now, don't you dare touch this child. This is a child of God. The last time we were there, he got to sit in the doorway of the church. And he was smiling and he can't talk, but he was singing in his garbled whatever, clapping his hands, feeling the power of God. These are the things that makes the difference. Witchcraft will be broken. The power of Satan will be broken because God is going to be known as the almighty power, the power that can conquer all that the enemy has tried to bind them with. God's doing a great work. England used to control Uganda. And for whatever reason, they named it the Pearl of Africa. I don't know if they knew what they were saying, but I believe God did. And I believe Uganda is the Pearl of Africa. There is a fire burning in that country, and it's consuming the hearts of people. And it's going to go throughout Africa, but it's not going to stop there. It's going to go to the rest of the world, too. God is doing a work among a people who trust him. Oh, let's give the Lord a good hand. Your brother and sister spares a good hand. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this work being done around the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just remain standing. Look on the screen, if you will. This is a, at least a portion of what the needs are there for the children's home. Brother uh, Spears, you said it, was, it would cost $1,800 for one motorcycle. How many did you say you needed? You got money for 12. You need more? Don't... don't Okay? Yeah, okay. Thank the Lord for that. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? I would like for Brother and Sister Spears to step out here in the middle. We're going to say a special prayer for them. Brother Murphy, do you have the offering envelopes ready? Bring, uh, give Brother Aaron some over here. Uh, I want you to take a look on, on the wall here. You don't have to do anything tonight. You don't have to do anything at all, if you don't, as far as that's concerned. But I want you to take a look 
and see uh, 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 these needs. And if you want to give, raise your hand. They can bring an offering envelope to you. You can bring it back Sunday. You don't have to have your money now. If you want to just put on there funds for children's home or children's home, children's home would be fine. If you want to bring an offering Sunday or if you want to bring it tonight, you certainly can. Look at these needs. If you want to just want to put it children's home or if you want to put it for roofing timbers or fixtures and fittings or security wall finishing or whatever, if you want to label exactly what you want to give, just raise your hand and let these guys bring you an envelope. Amen. And while you're preparing, step up close here and let's pray for Brother and Sister Spears that the Lord would continue to strengthen them and bless them. Be with them, Brother Box. Uh, Brother Fox, come on. And, uh, and uh, let's pray for the Brother and Sister Fox as they do the work of the Lord. That's right. Bring your envelopes with you if you want to. Jesus, thank you for Brother and Sister Spears. Thank you, God. These are your people, God. You chose them, God. You called them, God. We ask you, Lord, to give them wisdom, give them direction. Oh, God, let them see results for their labor. In the name of Jesus Christ, give them results for their labor. Let the Holy Ghost be near them. Let the anointing be upon them, God. Let the power of God rest upon them. Let the power of God rest upon them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, protect them as they travel. Protect them as they go and come and around their home and church and city, Lord, and neighborhoods, Lord. Be with them everywhere. Oh, God, touch them. Touch them. Touch the entire family, God. Jesus' name, let your hand be upon them, God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Shake hands with them if you like to. Take a moment. Talk to them. Visit the booth back here that they have set up. And uh, bring your offering Sunday morning if you like. Or even bring it tonight. Give it to the secretary. She can take care of it if you have to give tonight. God bless you.